This is a Diet of Brussels. Why do governments tie their hands? Now, this is a kind of a, an abstract issue at one level, but it kind of speaks to a lot of the questions that people have about European integration. You know, I would argue, and I have argued in this podcast, that the member states are the key actors in the system, that if member states, if governments don't give their permission, then very little happens. Now, uh, that's all well and good, but at the same time, if you, you look at the way decisions are made, it's clear that member states have decided to make life uh, more difficult for themselves. That they don't just say, well, we decide amongst ourselves and we reach a consensus kind of view. Instead, they do things like having majority voting, or they create uh, counterweights in the form of the Parliament or the Commission, uh, other institutions that can force them uh, to do things that they might not want to do. Now, there's a kind of a logical problem here, which is the one that I've, I've set out, is why would you do that? Maybe uh, a couple of different ideas around that. One is a, is a rather negative uh, framing, which is to say that governments are aware of their transience, of the uh, conditionality of power, if you like. Uh, in that formulation, because you can't be sure how things will be uh, down the line after your administration has uh, gone, uh, and because you might have a fairly reasonable expectation that power is likely to alternate to uh, the opposition or to uh, an upstart uh, uh, party formation or coalition, it makes sense in that, in that context to say, OK, actually, whilst I have the power, I'm going to give it away outside of the national context, precisely so that uh, even if uh, our government falls at the next election, then the other side can't undo my work. They can't undo my preferences, or they can't undo it in quite such a simple way that they've got to go and have lengthy European negotiations. Now, that's kind of a negative uh, kind of way of looking at it. But already there you can see that the positive case, which is that... uh, for countries, they see opportunities in uploading uh, uh, decision-making, uploading preferences to a European level, because it's a way of spreading their influences, their priority. classic example of this, I think, comes with the single currency, uh, the euro. That uh, For most other countries who were negotiating at the time of Maastricht uh, and in the years before, uh, you could see the argument that, effectively, they were tied to the Deutschmark. Uh, there was a kind of Deutschmark zone, uh, and everyone more or less had to do what Frankfurt said uh, without any uh, say in the matter, because the Bundesbank was just thinking about Germany. From the German perspective, that obviously didn't hold. Why would you give up power when you already de facto were uh, doing things in your way? And the argument is that it wasn't so much about reunification because the principle was uh, effectively conceded prior to uh, the fall of the Berlin Wall. Instead, it was actually much more about an opportunity to expand the German model to a European level, that the financial stability, the positive uh, uh, macroeconomic system that West Germany had created Uh, throughout the post-war period, here was an opportunity to move that up to a European level and expand that zone of stability, uh, which was beneficial to German interests in terms of exports, in terms of geopolitical uh, stability. So 
governments tie their hands for different reasons, sometimes positive, sometimes negative. But it's always worth remembering that that system is conditional. Ultimately, the system is based on treaties. And those treaties can be amended or repealed uh, by member states. So, uh, yes, it makes it more difficult uh, for individual governments to achieve things, as we're seeing with David Cameron now. But it comes with benefits, and that's the reason why member states choose to engage in this process.